0: Master's Week on the Golf.com podcast is brought to you by T-Mobile. This baseball season, T-Mobile customers can get a free season-long subscription to MLB.tv Premium. Sign up by April 10th at T-Mobile.com slash MLB, or sign up for MLB.tv while on T-Mobile's network. We're also brought to you by Harry's Razors. Superior razors shipped straight to your door at half the drugstore price. Get $5 off your first order with the code GOLF at Harry's.com. Lastly, we're sponsored by FanDuel. Now that baseball is back, you can try the fun and competition of daily fantasy risk-free for up to ten bucks. Go to FanDuel.com and enter the code Golf.
1: And I said, just trust me on this one. And he said, all right. So I actually hit it um, a touch fat, but I knew that um, you know, as long as it split that gap, that it should be okay. I, it all, actually almost hit that ridge and went in the water, but um, that was one of the. Best shots I've ever hit in tournament competition, given given where it was. And there was no camera or anything to see it. And I, I was laughing afterwards. That's how uh, dumb the decision was and <laughs> pulled it
0: off. That was Jordan Spieth, and this is the golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock, here at Augusta National, in the Augusta National Masters press room. For the 80th version of this tournament, the Masters. Before Jordan Spieth got going on his crazy round here today, there was the honorary tee shot uh, when you had Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player and Arnold Palmer out on the first tee. I'm here with Josh Burhow, who was out this morning, very early in the morning, to, to, to watch, all it, watch it all happen. And Josh is here with me to talk about what he saw today. Josh, uh, you had to get up pretty early to do this. How early were you out there on the course today?
1: Uh, way too early, Sean. I think I woke up at about 6.15, uh, 6.30. I got to the course uh, a little bit after 7 and I got out to the first tee at about 7.40, which was exactly kind of ri- right around the time the patrons were let on, let through the gates, so it was kind of a, uh, it's odd, you know, because you obviously can't run at Augusta, no chance, but everyone here, I was walking to the tee at the same time the patrons were let through the gates, so as I'm walking, you hear Marshalls telling everyone, no running, no running, be careful, don't slip, because you're going uphill a little bit and it's wet, and it's just, like... The craziest fast walk you'll ever see and it's all golf fans so it's everyone's trying to rush but it's just it looks so funny when you really think about it in the big picture of everyone trying to move so fast without making it look like they're moving fast but um, I got a good spot and uh, it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah now talk about that spot a little bit because just at least set the scene a little bit because everyone sees ESPN they broadcast this and they show the honorary tee shots on television but not everyone really gets a good eye view other than uh, what the big guys are doing, with their, their three T shots. So can you at least like talk about how many people are out there, what everyone's saying, what they're doing, Are you waiting a long time for these guys to actually get out there and hit these shots? Um,
1: so this was my first time there, but there were uh, it was actually the whole process was much quicker than I thought. Um, they didn't really um, you know dilly-daddle around. Uh, Billy Payne talked for a little bit, and uh, the guys shot, you, know, hit their shots and it was pretty quick they got on with the tournament and i think that's short and sweet i think that's you know probably the best way to do it and everyone kind of pays their respects to those three Uh, i got there and there's probably hard to say maybe two hundred or so people around i mean i was three or four three or four rows back kind of directly behind the tee box so i had a good i had a pretty good view there and uh it was just a lot of fun people were crowding in as much as they could and uh... you could kind of hear a little bit of a humming um, you know, and you knew they were making their way from the clubhouse. And then everyone, you could kind of see, like, it was the guy, some guy next to me said, it looks like royalty, you know, because they make this path, and it's like a homecoming coronation for everyone. So that was pretty neat. And uh, Arnie was in a cart, you know. didn't His balance wasn't as good, Jack said afterwards. So he took the cart out there, and, you know, they helped him to the chair, and everyone was happy to see him, though, regardless.
0: Yeah, see, that's what I'm curious about is what everyone else's reaction was because – Yourself and myself, we've been able to be around the big three here and there. I mean, last night we were actually hanging out with Gary Player at the house he rents here. So we've been around these guys, but the fans actually, they don't get a chance to do that. So that's why they would call it royalty. That's why they would be so appreciative of it. Were they saying anything? Were, they, were you catching like tidbits of just, or were they just all smiling? What's the, what is the fan reaction to what's going on?
1: I mean, it's cool where you don't have many opportunities or you, you, you can't think of many Uh, examples where like, you know, grown men are smiling ear to ear or, you know, there's a 50 year old guy who's looking up to someone he's watched growing up and never got to see on TV or never got to see in person, always on TV. And now they're right there in front of him. And, um, guy next to me was pointing to his son, you know, explaining, so that's Arnold Palmer. And, you know, that's just so cool. And that was, I'm sure, you know, 30, 40, 50 other dads were saying that to their sons, daughters, whatever. And, uh, I don't know, you hear Gary walks out and he kind of, he's an entertainer, obviously. So he was, you know, trying to rile up the crowd a little bit. He flexed a little bit when he, when Jack's drive was noticeably shorter than his. So he had fun with that. I don't know. Jack Nicholas is real happy with that, but.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one of the cool parts about it too, is not only is it a, an important thing for fans, but the, the big three, they really appreciate it too. And that's why Arnold Palmer went out there. He couldn't, uh, like you said, his balance wasn't exactly great and he's, he doesn't have the strength in his body right now to hit that tee shot, but he wants to be out there. Are you close enough to kind of, like, catch tidbits of what the players are saying? I know that they, they kind of make jokes during that period. Were they saying anything today?
1: Um, Not that I heard in particular. I know uh, Bryson DeChambeau, the amateur, uh, he was really close to me, but I didn't even notice him out there. Um, I probably should have recognized the hat, but uh, I saw photos afterwards, and he was, you know, eight, set eight nine feet from me. But that's you know that's just pretty cool that he comes out there i'm sure other guys were there I heard roger goodell nfl commissioner was out there um there was something i heard afterwards how ricky said uh ricky asked jack do you make it do you make it uh like past the hill or you know so they're kind of joking with each other about driving distance and i think that old that group of jack and gary and arnie and that younger group they just have such a good relationship together so it's all fun Yeah,
0: it's true. It's very fun. It's one of the the best traditions at a a course in a tournament that is just wrapped up in tradition, one of the better traditions in all of sports. But anyway, thank you, Josh. That was great. And uh, we're going to move from that to Alan Shipnick to talk about actually what happened on the golf course once we got away from those honorary t starters and actually with the birdies, pars, and bogeys that defined the Masters in 2016. Before we continue, uh, one quick note about another sponsor here at the Sports Illustrated Podcast Network. FanDuel. It's that time of year. Baseball is back. You hear the crack of the bat. You smell the freshly mowed grass. And for me, uh, as a big Brewers fan, that means tailgating outside Miller Park. Basically the most fun you can have in a baseball stadium parking lot. That's all good and fun, but I've got another way for you to make baseball even more fun. It's daily fantasy baseball. If you're not playing FanDuel this season, you're missing out on the most fun a baseball fan can have. On FanDuel, you get to choose. Do you compete for cash with fans from around the world? Or start a tinier league and keep up with friends while you play. Either way, you get to beat the GM by studying the matchups and being your own personal version of Moneyball by setting that winning lineup. Entry fees start at just a buck. That's $1. So there's no season-long commitment. Play for one day or play for 180 days. That's the whole season. 162 games plus the playoffs. But here's the best part. FanDuel is giving new players their first game risk-free. It'll cost you nothing in the end. Just go to FanDuel.com and enter the code GOLF, that's G-O-L-F. Go ahead and enter a FanDuel League or start one with your friends. If you don't win any prize in your first contest, you get that $10 right back to your FanDuel account for more play. That's FanDuel.com with my code GOLF, G-O-L-F, for a risk-free tournament at up to $10. It certainly is one of the coolest traditions in all of sports at a place where tradition matters more than anywhere else, it seems. Not long after the original Big 3 teed off this morning, the youngest of the current Big 3 began his title defense here at Augusta National. To discuss that and all else that happened at the Masters today, we're going to go to Alan Shipnuck, Senior Writer at Sports Illustrated. Alan, let's talk about Jordan Spieth. You followed him on the back nine today. He shot 66. You were out there. Does it seem like we're going through deja vu again? It's a little different because he, he was so sharp
2: last year, and this was a really scrappy round. I, you know, Spieth himself said in, in some ways it was more impressive than his 64 just because he had to fight and scratch and claw. I mean, he had some truly horrible shots out there. You know, fanned it on 16 up onto the hillside, was 15 yards short of the green on six. Um, and yet, it just incredible scrambling and fight. and. The question is, you know, can he find his ball striking? Because you, you can't get around for four days with smoke and mirrors
0: here. So it was a tremendous outcome for him. But he's going to have to clean it up if he's going to go forward. Yeah, it was a very interesting round because it began with Spieth uh, actually with a pretty awful approach shot. All things considered, on the first hole, same thing on the second hole, putting himself in very difficult positions on the first couple of holes. He ends up getting by with pars, ends up making birdies on the par fives. That's kind of what you have to do if you want to continue scoring here at Augusta National. It seemed like he wasn't comfortable to begin. At least that's my perspective on it. Did you feel like as the back nine continued and he knew that he was going to post a good score that he looked more and more comfortable? Or did you not see that? A little bit, you know, he, he talked about the, that six iron he hit on,
2: on the first hole and, and, and the second both kind of spooked him a little bit. And just uh, as he was trying to ease into the round and find it, he never quite did. But he, he hit an incredible recovery shot out of the trees on 11. I think that gave him a little boost. Um, you know, he called it one of the best shots he's ever hit in tournament golf and helped him save par out of what looked like a sure bogey. So I think. All things considered, he's just happy he got off the course without a bogey. He certainly should have made two or three, and uh, he, he now he has he has a later tee time tomorrow. He has this afternoon, so he, he can try and dial in his, his his swing. Which he he said it's the things he's been working on. He kind of got the club just trapped behind him a little bit. It's it's fixable, but you don't want to be tinkering too much on you know once the tournament's begun and Augusta National just no room for error. So. Uh, you know, you, you watch how Jason Day's attacking this golf course. He's he's just overpowering the course, and he's in such control of his ball. Uh, and you know, Shane Lowry. Some of these guys are making it look easy. Jordan made it look hard. So he's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to go to a different gear here.
0: Yeah, but he he kind of continued to succeed sometimes in getting up and down big up and downs at 14 big up and down at 16, and then makes the birdie on 18. I don't know. It just reminded me of what he was able to do last year. Whenever he gets himself into trouble, last year in general speaking, all of 2015, he gets himself into a little bit of trouble, and he gets himself out of it. I feel like this year, we didn't see that from him earlier in this season. I guess, do you feel like this is more of um, him getting back into form, or, or do you feel like there's a lot more that needs to happen for him to put it together and win another Masters?
2: Yeah, it's really both. I mean, he, he's he been saying now for over the last month, his game is close. He's just not scoring. He's just not getting the most out of his rounds, which is his trademark. And today he did. So uh, I, I think it's got to give him a huge amount of confidence that nobody on planet Earth plays this golf course better than he does. I mean, he's proven that now. Nine rounds in a row, par or better. Um, he's on pace to shoot 24 under this week after doing 18 last. I don't think he will, the way the, the, the wind's blowing. But it's just... He, it's it's lucky for him that the golf course on this planet that he feels most comfortable is Augusta National. He just it brings out his best. Uh, he's able to access just a different level of concentration and intensity. Obviously, we know how great a putter he is, and on these greens, he can separate himself from the field. So, uh, it's it's fun to watch him. It's certainly the doldrums he's been in since Kapalua. I think I think we can put to bed that storyline, and now it's just if he can if he can keep going and stay mistake free.
0: Before we continue, I need to take a break to talk about another sponsor that we have at the Golf.com podcast. It's Harry's Razors. Harry's Razors is easily one of the newest additions to my bathroom and one of my favorite additions to my downtown Manhattan bathroom. Harry's Razors are great. That's really all it comes down to. I've been using them uh, myself for about the past week or so. Every other day, I enter the bathroom with a mean stubble, only to leave that bathroom 15 minutes later with a smooth baby face. I love it every single time. They really are great, and they're even more than that, though. Harry's gives you factory-direct prices, cutting out the middleman, shipping their products right to your door. So do yourself a favor and stop getting ripped off. Get Harry's razors. Harry's starter set is the best option for new customers and a great deal. For just 15 bucks. you get a razor handle, foaming shave gel. That stuff's really nice. And three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. That's how you know they're good. Plus, for listeners of this show, Harry's is giving you $5 off your first purchase with promo code GULF. G-O-L-F. Go to harrys.com right now. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Make sure you use that code GOLF, G-O-L-F, at checkout to let them know that I sent you to Harry's for your razors. Now, I I think Jordan Spieth, like he said, people were saying maybe he had been in doldrums or not playing that well, and he referenced in his post- round press conference saying hey I've been in top 20 eight of the last nine events that we've played this year so Jordan Spieth really hasn't been gone we've just been kind of waiting for him to get back to that that typical Jordan Spieth form that we're used to seeing now he played with Bryson DeChambeau and uh you were out there on the back nine like you said which would have been uh relatively speaking Bryson's worst nine of the day because he went one under on the front what did you see from DeChambeau on the back that like did you feel like he was out there and he's comfortable playing at this tournament on PGA Tour level golf yeah, but one of Bryson's you know mentors is Casey Raymer, who's the head pro at Cypress Point. Who
2: Casey and I worked together at Pebble Beach Golf Course back in the early 90s. He's a buddy of mine. And uh, talking to Casey afterwards, he said, you know, it looked like Bryson shot the 66 and, and Jordan shot the 72 because Bryson's ball striking was fantastic. I mean, he was blowing at 30 yards past past Spieth on almost every hole. He probably hit 14. I haven't looked at the stats. I bet he hit 14 greens in regulation. He was really precise. He just he didn't get anything out of his round. He was really... His speed was off on the putts. He was coming up short on all the longer putts. And then he made one critical mistake on on 15. It wasn't that bad a shot. He just, he expected the hillside would, you know, on his third shot, his pitch would would hold the ball up and it it skipped forward and monit making a six when he easily could have made a four. And so, you know, that's really the difference. Um, Jordan just knows how to score, he knows where to miss. And I, I think Bryson is still figuring that out. But, most amateurs would sell their soul to shoot 72 in the first round. It's just, uh, you know, uh, DeChambeau has a, a different um, expectation level. I mean, he's here to win the tournament, which I commend. But, you know, he's, he, was, he was pretty hard on himself. It's like, hey, right now you're in the top 20. Um, if the wind keeps blowing, you know, single digits could win this tournament. You know, if, if he can get his speed on the greens, he could easily shoot four or five under tomorrow as long as he is and as, as nicely as he's hitting it. So I, I think... Overall, I'd give him about a B plus. It was a pretty solid debut, uh, despite his own, you know, personal disappointment.
0: Yeah, and I think I was out there for a little bit, and you've referenced the wind a few times. It's definitely whipping uh, at certain times. A gust can get up to 30 miles an hour out here, which is not exactly what we're used to seeing from Augusta National. It comes and goes, but it's supposed to be a pretty much a constant for the first three days of the tournament. That's what people are expecting is some wind. How big of a factor do you think that is? Because when I walk around this golf course. There are there are obviously there's the hills and the valleys, and that's just asking for wind to be spinning and, and whipping around. How big of a factor did you feel that wind was on players' minds, at least out there today, and then the rest of the tournament this week?
2: Yeah, it's massive because, uh, as you said, there's all there's a, the wind gets funneled into these 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 strange patterns, and it can be mystifying what it's really doing. I mean, famously number twelve and you know hard Amen Corner, but there's other parts of the golf course that are in these little hollows. And it's also, when, when you're on the ground, you're protected by the trees. But when, when you're hitting an eight iron up in the air, it's getting above the trees and the wind affects it differently. So it, it's a really frightening golf course when you because you have to be so precise. And when you just can't dial in exactly what the wind's doing, it just it gives the players that uncertainty. Because of the big rain we had last night, there's the course is soft and receptive. And obviously, there's a lot of red numbers up there. But it's only going to get firmer and faster and crustier and harder. I mean, it, you know the sub air, you can hear it. They're sucking the moisture out of the greens as we speak, uh, and the wind is doing the same thing. So I think it's really important to get a good score on the board today because Friday and Saturday are going to be much different, you know, much more difficult, and uh, the margin for errors is going to is going to be slim. So uh, that's that's what makes you know, round so powerful. You know, like what day is doing, you know, tomorrow even par might be a good score. So you got to get it today while it's soft because. It's, it's, it's just going to become more of a beast as, as the week goes on.
0: That statement right there has to be enough to scare Ricky Fowler because he had a very difficult round today in what would have been very similar conditions to Jordan Spieth and Paul Casey, guys that you see, that did pretty well and have their name atop the leaderboard. Fowler shot eight over today for an 80. Pretty, uh, I don't know, it's a round that he will soon hope to forget. From what you saw, Ricky was doing out there. Did you think Did you think that he was anything? Is it more about the course and the conditions uh, of just how difficult this course is? Does it show that hey, you can shoot six under here, but you can also shoot ten over or eight over? Like, is that just how difficult this course is?
2: Yeah, it's always a fine line here. Um, you know, obviously this course will yield good scores, but you, when when you miss, it can it can really hurt. I mean, you know, I watched Ricky play the thirteenth hole. I saw him play one hole today, and of course, it was a disaster for him. Drove it just a little bit right off the tee, went for an aggressive second shot, um, wound up okay, and then dumped it in the creek. And then from there, was spooked hit the next one long. And you know, if his ball off the tee kicks left instead of right, he, maybe he's got a you know a four iron in, and he's making he's making a three instead of an eight. I mean, that's just how the margin for error out there is it's so precise. Um, yeah, Ricky's done. You can't make a double and a triple and still win the Masters. It just doesn't happen, uh, especially when everyone else is going low. So it's too bad. He, this was a, an opportunity for him. He's obviously been playing well for the last 12 months. We know that's the next step for him to take. He's, he's contended, but it's time to win one of these. He's gonna have to look ahead to Oakmont because uh, this is this is looking more like a sprint than than a marathon. And he, you know he stopped to tie his shoe along the way. So. Uh, I'm s- sorry to see him go, but there's plenty of other good names, and we're not going to miss him too much.
0: No, definitely not. That's what they say. They say you can, you cannot win the Masters on Thursday, but you sure can lose it, and it would appear as though Ricky Fowler has already lost it. Uh, he said he had a couple bad breaks today, and a couple bad breaks will do it for you here at Augusta National. One of the good breaks that we have is that you sit down the media row from me, and I get to see you pounding out your, your SI story all week long take a couple of tips from you along the way but either way thank you Alan, uh, for your insight today and uh, we'll see what Spieth uh, has for the rest of us this weekend
2: yeah you know Jordan winning would, would be huge we always knew there was going to be a little drop off from last year but, but if you could if you could pick off another major it makes this year a success no matter what happens the rest of the way and then you join you know Nicholas Woods and Fowler those are the only guys to go back to back it would really uh, take a huge pre- you know a huge weight off of off of him early in his career you know uh, you don't want to peak when you're 22. Uh, clearly Jordan's going to have a great career no matter what, but if he, if, he can, if he can keep going forward and snag this one, it really sets him up um, as a player for the ages. And so uh, if you look at the board, I, I think he's the best story right now, and uh, it, would, it would be the most impactful victory of anybody up there.
0: Here's a quick word about one of the sponsors of Sports Illustrated Podcast, T-Mobile. Wish you could catch every Major League Baseball game. I wish I could catch my Brewers more often. Now you can. Only T-Mobile customers get a free year-long MLB.tv premium subscription. That's $110 value for free, so they never miss a game. Hurry and sign up by April 10th to catch any out-of-market game all season long. That's 2,430 games and over 7,000 hours of baseball. That's a lot of baseball, and it never touches your data plan. Thanks to Binge On, only from T-Mobile, you can stream your favorite team's games without using any of your data. So remember, get your free MLB.tv premium subscription by April 10th and catch every moment all season long. Already a T-Mobile customer? That's fine. Just sign up at T-Mobile.com slash MLB. Sign up for MLB.tv while on T-Mobile's network. New MLB.tv premium subscribers only. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Binge on available to T-Mobile customers with qualifying plan. Detectable video typically streams at DVD quality. Video from participating services doesn't count against full speed data on our US network. Third party subscription charges may apply. Well there you have it folks, that was Alan Shipnick, senior writer from Sports Illustrated talking Jordan Spieth in his opening round 66. It really is incredible how Jordan Spieth has not yet shot over par in any of his nine competitive rounds at Augusta National. This is his third time around the place in regards to the Masters Tournament and he has still not lost par. It's it's quite amazing. The guy is the only man in the world out of the thousands of people who have played this tournament to have a scoring average in the 60s. Think it'll regress to the mean? I don't think so. He did exactly the opposite of that Thursday. By the time Spieth tees it up Friday, though, he might not hold the lead. He's got a couple guys chasing him right now, and one of those guys is one of my favorite golfers in the world. That's Danny Lee from New Zealand. Danny sits at 4-under after making six birdies on Thursday. Lee will begin his second round at 9.26 a.m. Friday morning, three and a half hours ahead of the golden child Jordan Spieth. You know, if you remember Danny Lee from years ago, he played this course back in 2009 because he won the U.S. Amateur back in 2008. So that earned him a chance to play in 2009. He shot 74-81, much different than what he did today with a 68. This is his first time playing since then. So much better round today from Danny Lee, but that's not even why I like Danny Lee. Danny Lee is not only a great golfer, but he's very funny. And a lot of the guys on the PGA Tour have taken note of this. Adam Scott and Ricky Fowler, some of these guys that like hanging out with Danny Lee uh, in the practice rounds because of how funny the guy is. He's from New Zealand. His English is not great, but he's a very funny guy. And if you want visual evidence, you might as well add him on Snapchat. Danny Lee, the professional golfer from Augusta National, is Snapchatting. His account is Danny LOL0724. That's D A N N Y L O L0724. I believe me, you will not be disappointed. Danny Lee is hilarious. For a while, Lee was joined atop the leaderboard or near the top of the leaderboard by Jason Day, the number one golfer in the world. Day was five under through 14 holes. It looked like we were going to have Day versus Spieth all over again uh, at this year's Masters, following last year's PGA Championship. But then Day ran into the 15th hole. He made a six at that hole, Then he went to 16 and splashed his tee shot. Threw it up to the top right side, uh, on top of the top shelf here at the 16th hole. Three putted from there. So that's back-to-back sixes. Day then finished with another bogey on 17, shoot five over uh, for the course of three holes on the back nine, really kind of shooting his chances at least to be near the lead after day one. But he's at even par, 72. 18 holes not going to kill him but he will be kicking himself I'm sure tonight it was just another lesson in the great example of golf here at Augusta National one of the greatest tests in the world of golf that we know we see it every year at this course no man is too good not to be taught that golf is hard and it happens very very quickly that's it from day one here at Augusta National good stuff from Josh Berhow my colleague and Alan Shipnick from Sports Illustrated tomorrow we're going to talk with Cam Morfit, another Sports Illustrated golf writer we're going to break down the cut line. I mean, letdowns or huge surprises from the, thir- the first 36 holes here at Augusta National. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe because, well, it's my birthday month. And uh, just a few weeks away, I'll turn 24. And I'd love that as a birthday gift if you would just subscribe to the podcast channel. It all takes a couple clicks.